I think it's uh, it's about building a stronger team. You know, like in movies when when things get really hard for the army, you know, especially like 300, they didn't go like, all right, man, you go home, don't work for us anymore, you're not part of the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to fight together. We got to get stronger. We got to motivate one another, right? Um, another thing is uh, the entrepreneurs don't know who they really are. And the business, a friend of mine says this, the business is an expression of the entrepreneur's purpose in life. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Drive to Succeed podcast. I am your host, Daniel Francisco. Every week, I'll be featuring successful entrepreneurs, startup founders, life coaches, influencers, and seasoned professionals. And through these interviews, you will learn the lessons they've gleaned from their own failures, practical steps on how you can jumpstart your career and help you in your entrepreneurial journey as well giving you the inspiration you need so you can live a life of fulfillment, whether it's in your health, your wealth, and relationships. Today's episode 02. I had the opportunity to meet Khaled Gorab, also known as the Relationship Architect. And in this episode, discover how Wasta has evolved so much in today's market. Discover why is it important to know your personal relationships and how it can affect your business and the way you interact with the people around you. You will also discover the reason why connection, love, and chemistry isn't simple as we think as it should be. Especially in today's social media age, where we are connected online but disconnected with our offline selves. And lastly, Khaled had been so generous to give us, you, our listeners, a free gift, which he mentioned at the end of this episode. So stay tuned until the end. Without further ado, please welcome the one and only Khaled Gorab. Welcome back at the Drive to Succeed podcast. Today's special guest, Khalid Garab. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Yeah, so I was doing about my research yesterday. Actually, it's, it's our first time meeting here. And uh, I've seen some interesting articles as well in LinkedIn. I think you were um, also uh, into LinkedIn articles way mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Are you still active now or...? Getting back into it. <laughs> I spent the majority of 2018. 2018 was my best business year, ironically. Uh, I spent the majority of it doing word of mouth relationship marketing rather than social media marketing. Mm -hmm. So this year we're getting back into that. Perfect. And uh, so basically uh, for the first time listeners who, you know, doesn't know you, uh, who is, you know, Khaled Gorab basically? So uh, Khaled Gorab, pronounced Khaled Gorab in Arabic, um, is the relationships architect. Um, I've been uh, helping people design the relationships they need to get what they want and to grow and unlock their potential for the past nine years, getting into 10 years now. I started at the tender age of 24. Mm -hmm. uh, I love to read people more than books. Um, and uh, there are different avenues where I apply what I do. Um, it's uh, in business, small business owners, entrepreneurship. Uh, another one is love, life, and relationships. Uh, so I get singles, I get couples, uh, and also for self, for yourself, who you are as a person. Uh, the business part sometimes extends to uh, executive coaching. 
So when you go to a large organization and you work with the senior management uh, over there, so that's that's that part. So so basically, I, I wanted to know one thing about you. Um, what's your background? Why did you you know uh, ventured out into uh, this relationship architecture? coaching man uh, so i come from an it background being the egyptian that i am you're either a lawyer a doctor or an engineer and it is one of those things that kind of got into engineering as well um but when i was an it engineer i felt number one that this was not that career for me but i could feel down there like uh, where my gut is that i have something that needs to come out like some potential that's growing and brewing and cooking and whatever you want to call it Uh, I was working uh, sometimes six, seven days, mm-hmm. um, and I was miserable. I was not happy. Um, and then one day, I had an opportunity to travel uh, to Europe, so I packed up and I left. Uh, but uh, it took me some time to make that decision, and I left to Italy, and I stayed there for about a year. Okay. And in Italy, at that time, I had a coach on the phone. So uh, I come from the school of, if you want to be the best, you have to hire the best. So I went straight to Tony Robbins, his his company, uh, and um, I found, you know, hire a coach. And I got myself a coach from his company. Uh, and one day this guy was asking me when I was in Italy, hey Khaled, we worked in all these different areas. What about your career? I was like, I'm not happy. He's like, well, what do you want? And this is the million dollar question of any coach. Uh, and I was like, I would love to try what you're doing. He's like, coaching? I said, yes. I was like, okay, well, I'll make you a deal, Khaled. Um, from here until next week's call, I challenge you to get three test clients. If you get those three test clients, I'll take off my coaching hat and I will mentor you based on the ICF guidelines, the International Coaches Federation, the Code of Ethics, on how to coach them for one month. If you like it, you have to promise me you're going to get proper training and credentialing. I was like, deal, man. In one week, I had five people. Three of them changed their lives. One of them started her business when she was in college. Another one, uh, I think she had like a better relationship of herself. Like I was, I was 24 and I was yes. trying it out, you know. So um, you're you're 24 at that time when you started. So basically, the the reason you ventured into out is because you're looking for something that would at least fulfill you. I mean, is that is that what? Um, I wasn't sure if it was about fulfillment at the time. I knew that I just didn't want IT stuff anymore. It, I, it didn't speak to me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, And what made coaching so attractive to you? By uh, excellent time? question. Um, the problem that I am trying to solve since a very young age, and that was my reputation in the family, is uh, the disconnection in the world. I want to end this connection in the world. And when I say this connection, I'm not talking from Wi-Fi. Yeah. I'm talking, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good with that. Um, although some service providers could do a better job in this part of the world. Um, no, it was um, people don't connect authentically anymore. Uh, and we're going downhill, man. And when I got into coaching, it was really finding a language that could express that ability to help someone do that. Um, and coaching was that language. It was beautiful, you know, because coaching is very client-centric. It's uh, um, prior to a certain, contrary to popular belief, um, people think that coaching is giving advice. It's not. Coaching is about making it about you and only you, and I put the spotlight on you. And there's something beautiful about people when they're seen, something in them moves. And when something in them moves, they start to open up And they start to connect better. And I was like, "Wow, this is, this is the salvation to humanity." Yes. 
So I didn't get into it to achieve your goals and dreams and blah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to help people with their relationships. And uh, you're doing one-to-one or one-to-many? Uh, so I do one-to-one and one-to-many. My core is one-to-one. Okay, perfect. Mm. And you mentioned about your correlation between your coaching and your family. So what, is your, what was your family like, you know, when... Well, when I was growing up, I mean, I think uh, I came to the realization that there's no one single functional family. <laughs> <laughs> Every family on the planet is dysfunctional on some level. Um, taking this on board, I realized that, man, you know, like um, sometimes the experience at home, I just don't understand it. Um, and as a child, I was like, man, I, I, like this is getting in the way of the connection that I could have with my family. Um, and then I was like, damn, I need to find a way to connect because children are very creative. Uh, and I started to find ways to uh, give compliments, get to know people, uh, speak to my parents in a different way. I started to just get super creative until I found a, a formula at some point. Are you the eldest or? I'm the eldest. Perfect. Yeah. And you have like a, a siblings or? I do. I have two siblings, uh, a brother and a sister. And, um... And so one day, you know, I just sat there quietly and I decided not to speak. I started, I started to just observe. And that's when my reading of people began. Uh, and from there, I was like, oh, I empathize. These people have challenges. This is the way they react that way. This is the way my mom behaves that way. This is the way my dad behaves that way. Oh, wait, they're different. Oh, this happened, but this happened. And this triggered this. And, and I started to have all these things going on in my mind, I was like, there is something fundamentally different about men and women, number one. Number two, uh, connection and chemistry and love is not as simple as people make it up to be. Uh, number three, there seems to be something around people that makes them do what they do. Mm -hmm. And then the journey began. What do you think the fundamental is um, all about? Um, of what? Uh, of the relationship between, let's say, Uh, you know, a couple. Uh, I was asked that question in a different way once. Uh, I was asked, you know, like Khaled, from all your years of working with people, what makes a relationship succeed? And I said, curiosity. And the interviewer was like, what? How is this possible? Curiosity? I said, yeah, man. It's not a common goal. I said, yeah. The, the, the thing is, how can you have a common goal without being uh, curious? I have to ask you first, what's your goal, right? And then you have to ask me, what's your goal? And then both of us have to ask each other, what is our common goal? That asking process is curiosity. You need that skill. And people in relationships are not curious enough. Why do you think uh, the people or the couples are not curious enough with the others? Is it somehow um, when they founded, you know, um, when they started dating is, you know, because of course, like me, I'm married. Mm. When I was dating, there's a different type of curiosity when you're still dating rather than when you're married. Is, do you think there's a correlation between that? Uh, let me try and su summarize that answer. Okay, so the reason people in general aren't curious enough is because we were not taught curiosity. We were taught science, math, physics, right? We were taught, uh, you know, if you have a question, it might possibly be stupid. That's why children go like, I have a stupid question, right? And rarely do you get a teacher who goes like, no, it's not a stupid question. It's an important question. Rarely do you get that, right? And that doesn't emphasize the, the fact that, oh, as a child, I get to ask. How do you develop, you know, curiosity? Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, as a child, I've always been curious. So I don't think that's something that I learned through a book or something. But today you have so many programs and courses and books that teach you about curiosity. I think curiosity for people begins when they start to want to know something about themselves. 
And if you can just stay on that train of thought for the longest period of time, you're training yourself to be curious. And do you consider yourself as a love coach? Uh, on some level, because people are like, are you a love coach, Khaled? I was like, maybe. And usually in networking events, people go like, whoa, that's different. And he's a guy, not a girl. It's like, okay. <laughs> It's one of the things, one of the avenues uh, I play in, yes, definitely. And you mentioned um, you coach three types of people, uh, one in uh, professional, business, yeah, business yep. uh, couples, and singles. Yes. So I wanted to tackle about uh, business, uh, relationship in business. Tell me. So um, tell us more about it. I mean, what, what are common uh, challenges in terms of um, fulfilling or um, hitting their potential if there's a blocking in, you know, in the relationship? Uh, one of the common ones is uh, the entrepreneur uh, nowadays spends a lot of time perfecting and mastering the product, but spends very little time trying to get to know the customers, spends very little time trying to understand their problems. This is relationship. Um, the entrepreneur spends a lot of time focusing on how to grow the business, but not the team. Um, nowadays, you hear about cuts in, in the market. You know, People say it's a bad market and everything. Um, I think it's uh, it's about building a stronger team. You know, like in movies when when things get really hard for the army, you know, especially like 300, they didn't go like, all right, man, you go home, don't work for us anymore, you're not part of the team anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to fight together. We got to get stronger. We got to motivate one another, right? Um, another thing is uh, the entrepreneurs don't know who they really are. And the business, a friend of mine says this, the business is an expression of the entrepreneur's purpose in life. And if your business is not doing well, what does that say about how you handle your purpose? See, all of this is relationship. It doesn't have to always do with another person. The, even the entrepreneur with himself. Like, what's your what's your business's image? What, uh, what's your vision? What's your purpose? What's your mission? What are your values for the business? This is relationship. Um, the last thing that I will share when it comes to business is a lot of people are spending way too much time on social media and neglect relationship marketing. The simple question is, Who do you know? Blah, blah, blah. That's a relationship question. Like, you know, like I go like, um, you, you could come to me, Khaled, who do you know would be a great guest on this show? That's a relationship question. You know, like now I'm learning. It's like, oh, and if I'm curious enough, I go like, what kind of guest do you want on the show? And then even though I'm helping you find somebody, I'm getting to know you. I'm getting to know your show. I'm getting to know your guests. And that helps you grow your podcast. You know what I mean? So that's business. One Especially of, one of the many in, things. Uh, UAE, um, there's Wasta, and you know, <laughs> I mean, those are those are different kind of relationships. But there's let me let me shine a light on Wasta just so, because because Wasta has evolved so much from what it was back then. Wasta, as it simple was, if I know you so well, I will favor you over others, okay? And I can support you and get you somewhere. Connections, right? This idea has evolved because the market evolved. Now, it's still available in some way. But let's consider this. What if Wasta was more about, if I need to get to that level of relationship, how about I start building it now? Because Wasta began somewhere at some point. You know, you just don't walk in and go like, hey, you, Wasta. No, we <laughs> knew each other for a while. <laughs> you know? So how about we begin to build those relationships? But many entrepreneurs, man, small business owners are staying home. They don't do anything. They don't network. People don't know them. And then they cry and go like, I don't have clients. And many coaches are like that, by the way, unfortunately. Why is many that? Many coaches are um, like that. What made you say that? Um, 
I believe so much in our uh, industry and what it can do for people uh, because even in the training, you see firsthand the results. And it saddens me and frustrates me that many of the coaches are not business-minded. Now, some of them already have jobs on the side, no problem, but they don't have the numbers aspect of things. Uh, if you can't count how many clients you need per month to get to this level of income, at least if you have a job, then something's wrong. Don't complain about uh, not having uh, clients. Think numbers, you know, but they're too focused on saving the world. I was there myself. Like, I want to change the world and blah, blah. I want to make an impact and leave a dent in the world. Okay, great, fine. But who exactly do you want to coach? They don't know. I want to coach anybody. Anybody is not a target market, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you mentioned that you were on the same place as they are. Let's, yeah, probably some coaches would be listening onto this podcast as well. So it's a good thing you shine light upon that. Um, so what do you think we can, you know, uh, advise the coaches or you know just one step that they can apply to? Um, first of all, get super clear on your purpose. If you're not clear on your purpose, uh, connect that to a vision. Um, and after you have that vision in place, how about you, you just connect that to a target market? Don't go out there trying so hard to coach everybody. Everybody is not your client. I'm not saying neglect everybody else, but have a clear uh, target market. I'll give you an example of one of my target markets. One of my target markets uh, is um, women, independent women uh, in middle management, Arabs, Western-minded uh, or Western-educated, um, they have a hard time attracting the right man. They're single. They live in the area of downtown, the IFC, that kind of stuff. See how specific I am? Uh, 30 plus in age, maybe 35. Um, their, their masculine abilities got them very far in their position uh, at work. Uh, and because of that, when they go out, they don't know how to park that masculine ability aside. But they want a very masculine man in their life. And then at some point, they go like, why am I pushing the men away? And they, and they go home and they go like, I've done all of this. And I've, I'm so successful. And I'm, and I'm great and I'm beautiful and I, and I work so hard. Where are you? Where are you? That's, that's a mark. Do you think um, the reason why is their, you know, the energy that they're portraying out is too masculine? Some, you know, some... Some guys are just too scared to approach them. Or what kind of intervention do you apply or do you, you know, do with, with this um, you know, beautiful woman that you coach? Well, I'll tell you something. I mean, as a coach, I don't tell them what to do, but I make it uh, so much about them that something in them that's been hiding for a while shows up. And when it starts to show up, um, we start to see where the cracks in their uh, construct is. And that uh, crack in the construct helps us uh, realize why are they doing this? And then after you know why are they doing this, we start to have a relationship vision, not a man vision. Because uh, people go like, I want this man to be this and this man to be that. And I was like, no, no. What do you want to experience in the relationship? And your track record so far, if you've dated or been in relationships, how did you attract all these men? Because that says something about you. People practice attraction. Uh, number three, you have to help them go out. They have to have a lifestyle around attracting that man so that when he's out in society, he sees them. And then at some point he goes like, oh, there she is. Right. And she has to be able to vibrate a certain energy for him to see her. Um, so 
what you're teaching is more about self-discovery and you provide, I assume you're providing them some set of questions that they can reflect. Of course, of course. Uh, a big lifestyle change, we have to have a plan in place, we have to have something you want to achieve. But you don't teach the stuff that, I don't know, are you familiar with Neil Strauss? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So Neil Strauss is the reason I got into this. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> But this was a long time ago when I was young and immature, right? Yes. The game yeah. and all. I learned this, man. With, uh, what's what's the name of his mentor? I forgot. Um, uh, Mystery. Mystery, yes, yes. Eric von Markovic. <laughs> I remember those names so well. When they had a, they played a big role in my life, right? Yes. Even until now, um, just to having a conversation when when we're having a meeting uh, with a client, I, I always tell my wife like, "Look how social dynamic works. This is how it works." Yes. You know, where to sit, yes. if, the, if uh, a woman is a leader or, you know, not. Mm. I mean, I'm just really curious if you teach this stuff as well. No, I don't. But in, in my workshops, I talk a lot about how men and women approach dating differently. So dating has five stages. If you don't know the five stages, then how are you navigating? Can you name those five stages? Yeah, sure. So it's attraction, uncertainty, uh, exclusivity, intimacy, engagement, or marriage. So attraction is when you're kind of uh, going out on many first dates. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're testing the water. Uh, and then in uncertainty, you finally go like, okay, this is the person that I want to spend more time with. I, I miss this person. I want to get to know this person. It's one person now. And it's uncertain because you don't really know the person. And you get to know one another. The challenge in that phase is that the men take a step back to evaluate. They go like, am I good enough for her? Is she good enough for me? Uh, am I the right man? Is she the right woman? He's starting to think. For her, no, she jumps in. And she has to fight the temptation of trying to overwhelm him to come out of where he's at to talk to her. She has to give him room to make his decision and see what he needs to do next. And then they start to get to know each other through that process when they're far away from each other. Uh, and then uh, when they date more often, there has to be a conversation that says, all right, honey, or baby, or whatever you want to call each other. Now we are exclusive. If this conversation does not happen, you're not exclusive. You have to verbalize it. Why do you prefer coaching women over men? Is there a specific reason? Um, so I prefer coaching women over men. I wouldn't say it's a preference. I would say it's easier. Sorry, all the guys. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, I, I believe that women are more prone to embrace change than men. Although that, that, that's kind of changing right now. But, uh, you know, like histor historically, um, they have to give birth. That's a huge change. That's not change. That's a transformation on its own. So I, they have to adapt. They have to raise a child with the man. Uh, they have to take care of the home. Like their world is consistently and constantly changing. Right? For us, we're about focus. Give me one thing and only one thing and I'll do it. So change for them is uh, something that they're more accustomed to than us. That's why vulnerability is a challenge for us as men. Because for us to come out and say, I need to change, that's vulnerability. And that's kind of telling the world, I'm weak in our culture and society, unfortunately. Um, so when they come to the coaching, they're ready to make changes. The man, it takes some time. Not all men. But uh, stereotypically. Mm, so um, it's, it's not basically like a dating coach, but rather um, knowing thyself, as you can say. Yes. Perfect. Um, Excellent. Thank you. So you mentioned about um, coaching women, about giving birth. Um, I'm just really curious. Uh, what's your status relationship? Single, man. <laughs> Single and looking. Single and looking, and I've been train wrecked many times in my life. Uh -huh. and so I learned. What's the worst 
the uh, thing that happened to you? Being in a four-year on-and-off relationship with someone that you want to marry and who's always put you in second place. And that's been tough. And no matter what you've done and no matter how far you would go, uh, it just didn't work. And Number one. wouldn't some clients be curious about, of course, I, I, I'm not the only one asking this. If you're teaching about relationships, wouldn't they ask you about, Khaled, why are you not in a relationship? Yeah, I get that many times. And then I would go like, well, coaching is not about me. It's about you. The difference is the lens that I'm wearing is relationships. And as a bonus in my workshops, I teach relationships. Um, I'm playing the role of the teacher that is non-existent in society which is, hey guys, we need to train ourselves to be better in relationships. Um, for the Arabs uh, particularly, I don't know how it is in other countries, but back then we had um, somebody in society, this is like maybe at least 50, 60, 70 years ago maybe, somehow exists rarely right now. Uh, she was a matchmaker, a pro professional matchmaker. She necessarily didn't get paid for it, but her role in society, because communities were smaller, was she would go, for example, to, let's say you, you're you ready to get married to, to you know, uh, to your wife, right? Um, and uh, your mom would go out and talk to her. And she's like, you know, like Daniel is here and he's ready and he's studying this and blah, blah, blah. And he's looking for somebody. She would come visit your home and she would get to know your home. She would get a grasp of what's your values at home, um, how do you look like? What are you into? What's your mom like? And then she would take that information and look in her networks, right? And then you go like, hmm, it seems that Danielle could match, uh, what's your wife's name? Uh, princess. Princess. It, it's, it, it seems like she comes from this family, blah, blah, blah. Let me go pay them a visit. And she pays them a visit and she blah, blah, blah. And then she sits and says to, them, uh, says to the mom, hey, you know, like I've, I've got this guy called Danielle, son of blah, blah, blah. And if there is a match between them, all of you meet. And if both of you feel that there's chemistry and compatibility and you guys are communicating, then done. Now, I don't matchmake, but I help people do that work because she's non-existent in society right now. Unless you really want to pay a lot of money for a matchmaker, <laughs> that's a different thing. But you still have to do the work to connect with somebody. So it's more of a soft skills uh, that you're teaching. Human skills. Human skills. And in terms of, uh, is because you mentioned a workshop, you mentioned, uh, like, is it a classroom type or? Yeah. Is it so it's, it's, uh, well, I, I don't know what you mean by classroom, but for me, uh, my workshops are very experiential. So I follow the e ELA approach. So what is see, ELA? So uh, experience learning action. So it's more about, hey, let me give you 10% content, but let's go so deep in that content that you leave in the workshop transformed. I don't go like, you should do this and you should do that. And a great person in a relationship is blah, blah, blah. And the stuff that you see on the internet doesn't do much for people. It's just bloating yourself with information. And the workshops, is it mostly women or there's also men? Men, surprisingly, uh, I get a 60-40 split. Between women and men. M women, women and men. 60%, 40% men. Is there a scenario where after the workshop, they feel that, you know, they just connected with one another and maybe there's a, you know... <laughs> Do you know, I am yet to study that <laughs> and see. Because <laughs> if that happens, uh, I, I need to uh, get at least 10% of the dance floor on the wedding. <laughs> um, so I guess my... Um, question to you as well where can people find you uh people can find me on instagram at khaled ghorab k-h-a-l-e-d-g-h-o-r-a-b i'm sure you, you might put it in the show notes yes uh my website www.khaledghorab.com 
Um, and um, what else? LinkedIn, definitely. If you just uh, write the relationships architect, you'll find me there, uh, especially if you have a business. Um, what else? I think that's it. And I'm really curious, why do you call relationship architect? Is there some meaning into it or is just a mm. brand? Um, so uh, all in, in the first two years of my coaching career, um, I noticed that people come to me with relationship topics. And that was something I'm already studying thanks to Neil Strauss. Um, and uh, that was something I was struggling with in my life. And I was like, might as well embrace it. Like, I love relationships. It comes naturally to me. Um, and the architect part has a, it's, 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 two, it's twofold. The first one is it's a tribute to my dad, mm -hmm. who has a deep impact in my life in terms of my purpose in life. You know, he's he's the one who always told me, Khaled, be the person who connects people, not separates them. The world is being separated. You know, be that kind of valuable person. Uh, and that spoke to me, number one. Uh, and he's an architect by mm. profession. So uh, do you know the Etihad Towers in Abu Dhabi? Yes. His design. You know? He has a consultancy or something? No, no. He, he works for, for uh, yeah, a big name in the, comp in the country. Perfect. Um, and the other part of it is I really see the beauty in design. Like, uh, not necessarily as an artist or an architect would, but in people. The way, the way we're put together, the way we design ourselves. Um, and I just put these two together, the relationships architect. Since you mentioned your uh, father, and I think he's also one of your inspiration, mm. let me ask you, who's your inspiration? Or, you know, do you look up? Who, who are your mentors? And uh, okay. Um, obviously, Tony Robbins, a uh, big one, but uh, not necessarily on the content anymore as much as who he is as a person. Yes. Um, it can be your relationships, maybe your father, mother, or you have a friend that, you know, uh, I mean, I, ha I have you. a lot, so I'm trying to filter many of them. <laughs> so I, obviously my mom and dad as a team together, yes. that's one. Mm -hmm. That's one mentor uh, or inspiration on its own. Uh, then you have Tony Robbins, Dr. John Gray. Um, I'm trying to filter so much. Um, have you heard about uh, Gary Chapman? Uh, the five love languages. Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, physical touch words of affirmation, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Quality time, gifting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, so, uh, which, uh, you know, your business is obviously a reflection of who you are. This is quality time. Yes, it is. Yeah. Because um, me, myself, I focus as well on relationships. Uh, mm. That's why I'm interested to know you more. Maybe there's yeah. a lot of things I can learn from you, even just... No, you know, you're a good communicator. Even with the, the DM you sent me on uh, Instagram, I was like, damn, man, this guy is a good communicator. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess my last and final question to you is, if everything is stripped away from you, let's say your business, your, you know, your clients, everything, uh, what would be your main drive to succeed? I got goosebumps from this question. Um, to go out and connect with people. That would be my main drive. To go out and just get to know somebody who's feeling very lonely. Uh, and to also get to know somebody who's not very lonely. Yeah, and I would build a business around that. Perfect. Which is kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, do you have any speaking engagements uh, or you know any gigs lately that you know we can? Uh, I do uh, have two coming up in February. Um, I'll announce them later, and then I can send them to you. I'm just aware of that February is Valentine's month, uh, not a day anymore. 
<laughs> Do you have something in plan? And something I'm I'm cooking together, and um, <laughs> you know, you're more than welcome to attend. Uh, Princess, more more than welcome to attend. Um, and uh, to your audience and listeners, uh, this is something I love to do. Um, you know, if you're stuck somewhere, uh, if you're feeling like you need to uh, get to something, I'm offering a complimentary evaluation of where you're at because I believe you can't go where you want to go unless you know where you're at right now. So uh, it's a 30-minute phone call. It's complimentary, um, and we can have that conversation to your listeners. Perfect. Thank you, and you're so generous. And yeah, no problem, man. Thank you so much, and listen to us for the next episode. Thank you once again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share this with your friends. Take a screenshot and follow us on Instagram at the Drive to Succeed underscore podcast, or tag me at Daniel underscore Francisco underscore. And before you leave, if you can give this a five-star rating on Stitcher or in iTunes, whichever app you're listening into, this way we can reach more people and inspire them to live the better version of themselves. Let me know your comments as well and who do you want us to feature on the next episode. Thank you once again. See you next week, every Tuesday. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.